Good evening and welcome to another episode of the C-List Villains, your cultivators of the comic culture. I'm AJ, we've got E-Man, Luke, Red, and we've got a special guest in the building, Mr. John Boymeyers himself. Hello, hey. everyone. Hey, hey it's good to be back two and a half years, right? Or two years, something like that. Just yeah, about, man. Been, it's yeah. been a minute. Luke had long hair last time I was on, I think. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, What's good though, buddy? Good? He just he just Thank did you. that too recently, didn't you, Luke? Like not too long ago. Huh? Yeah, a few weeks ago. I shaved it all off. Oh my god, yeah, that's, that's cool. madness. That's good. Low maintenance, man. It is. Yeah, it is. I got four kids. You know, just <laughs> who has the time? Who has the time? Who, no, no time. Or or you just let Doctor Squatch take care of your hair? Just let it grow out like this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's too sexy, man. That's too sexy. <laughs> I got a wife, man. I don't want all these chicks banging on my door. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Fighting them off. Oh, I got Mimi for that. Mimi fights them off. Get away from him. Get away from him. I will stop. I will kill you. <laughs> is, is everybody Whoa. here married or in a relationship? I guess. Is that what we need to ask? I think, so. Yeah, we all are pretty much. I, okay. I am. Red, 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 right. red has dogs. <laughs> okay. Well, that, 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 that's the parent. That's the parent. That's family. <laughs> right. that's cool yeah red right. red's a is a, a paw or a parent how, how does that go for all that for the dog owners paw, 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 paw. Parent. dog father dog father dog father father oh yeah okay this is this is bad <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, already, already on the bad, already on the bad foot here. Wait a minute, Oh man, so pandemic, man, John Boy, like, uh, what have you done? Like, think, think, things, man, things are starting to open up. Like, what, what have you been doing lately? Like, uh, working on my creator own, and then get getting tempted to go back to the dark side. Been doing some comic stuff, doing, uh, uh, doing, uh, um, doing some interior projects, and then doing a ton of covers. I think since since COVID, I've done. I think I counted like. 75 85 covers oh nice during that time yeah it was a lot so Wait, what what books are you doing interiors on right now or is it out uh, yet? i did a red sonia uh black white and red issue two 10 page story that i wrote uh wrote and drew oh, in nice. color, uh that came out i think last year and then i did a i just did a wild storm thing for dc that comes out uh it's that wild storm anniversary special uh, yes. Oh, hey, good time. Hey, what's up, what's up Nelson? Um, uh, I did a Wildstorm anniversary special that comes out, I think, the 30th of November for DC. And it's an eight-page Zealot story with uh, Angel Breaker and Zealot. Oh, and nice, nice. I, it's cool. It's cool. Like, uh, uh, the writing, it's uh, by Josh. Um, Joshua Williamson? Josh Williams and, and myself. And then, uh, I don't know, I think Romulo Legrand or uh, a very talented Filipino guy colored it. Um, um, it. The colors could have been better in my mind, but I mean, I, I'm I'm very like I'm very critical when it comes to stuff like that because it's like I'm an all-in type of guy. So yeah, I'm like ah, I would have done it like this. Why'd you do it like that? So, um, but uh, yeah, I've been doing that and then working on my career around. Um, and I'm actually uh, trying to stop doing more 
regular work so I can just finish my creator-owned projects. So, um, what, what was the name of that project again? Your it's uh, Princess Dragon Killer. That's so, right. Princess work on it. Yeah, it's like, ugh. this is what happens. You start on it, and then they tempt you with these things like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do one. They're like, well, would you just like to do the whole run of this? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I just why, told why I just not? I just told one of my one of my publishers like I'm just done. I can't I can't do it anymore. Like, well, we got this Planet of the Apes stuff. You know, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. We have we have another one in one thousand. Would you want to be a part of that? You know. Yeah, it seems like I've done a lot of those. It's really weird. I like do the one in twenty fives or one in fifty or one in one thousand, and like it's super super honoring to do. I think it's just. Um, these things are, you know, like they go through a whole process of vetting when you when you do stuff, you know, and, and totally. it, it takes away from your your own projects. So all that energy you have, you kind of sink into those projects. When it comes to your stuff, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, I, I, I find it really hard for me to find that balance, you know. Um, and uh, one of my buddies was uh, talking to me about it, and he said, dude. You stop writing, writing your career to these other entities because this is a short-term thing. You need to do stuff that's long-term. And he, you know, he's totally right. I need to try to find a way to kind of carve back into it and build things that kind of build my own brand and value because I'm lending my value to these things. And, and you know, it's it's you're not really seeing a big return on that stuff. You know, you're, you're really not because you're doing just this one cover. And if, you know, you, you know, you have to buy a thousand copies to get this one cover while well, they all are played being a flat rate with all this money that they're raking in for that. It's like, it goes to them, which, you know, I mean, yeah. that's how the system's uh, set up. But I think it's, you know, you like a small business person, Luke, you kind of know you, you kind of have to take some risks sometimes and you learn from those risks. But at some point you're like, you know, I need to start doing things that kind of expand out, like separate you from what everyone else is doing. Cause what makes you unique, you know? So mm -hmm. Well, your art's already unique as it is, John Boy. You you have just amazing art like on on your own. Like you have this anime style that we talked about last time that no one can mimic. You know, you you had the Robin, you know, the Robin cover. You had some DC covers that come yeah. out that came out this year, and they were absolutely gorgeous. Okay, thanks. You know, it's it's like it's it's you're doing good, but if you're saying that we need to do better, we're going to do everything that we can. We because you know we're all involved in, in your you know. That's right. No, you know, it's honestly, hey man, like I'm glad you guys put that. Out out there because when my stuff comes out i'm like hey hey what's, what's going on guys i've got this project now i'm ready to share like let's hear some copies of it tell me give me some feedback if you hate it when we're on the show just pretend like you really love it you know um, oh that's fantastic it looks beautiful it looks great and then you hear, yeah, all, the clicking. So yeah. you hear yeah. all the clicking in the background like you're like oh this is a <laughs> You know, or, or whatever. No, I mean, I think that the thing about it is um, uh, I, I'm really fortunate to be able to do covers. I'm glad that people like my work. I think it's just, you know, you want to kind of put your own ideas out there, too. Because, I mean, it's uh, uh, if you're doing a lot for the company, you got to do something for yourself, too, because right. those things directly enrich the company. And once you're done, you're kind of like, hey, you're, you're done. The only way you're going to make money now is if you sign it for autographs or do something. So. You know, you always got to think about like long term, like what are some of the moves I need to make to to kind of like take it to the next level or do the next thing. Um, you know, it, it's always it's it's always this kind of reinvention all the time of comics. Because I mean, there's so many great cover artists out there now too. You know, and and I always I want to get back to interiors because I feel like 
I'm a comic book artist. Right. I just yeah. don't do covers, and people are like, "Well, we just wanted you to do a cover." And I'm just like, "Yeah, you know, I can do interiors too." And you're like, you know, so. Well, we know people at AfterShock. I'm pretty sure you know we can have our people talk to your people, John Boy. Maybe get you some interiors over there about that. You know. Well, I think I think the thing about it for you guys is you have a show. You guys could always collectively pull your money and do your own, you know, C-list villains variant, you know, and, and sell it through the show and be able to monetize on that. And, you that know, sounds like an idea. Maybe John well, Boy would want to be a part of that. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm always I'm always in on working with friends. Like I'm, I'm kind of past the point of working with retailers, but I think working with you guys would be a little different. Um, but um, I, I, I'm always really gung-ho about trying to partner with people like hey like let's help push your brand to this level now and start doing something different so then the idea is maybe for you guys later on i don't know like whoever your guest is and an artist thing you guys are having that guy on there because you're announcing your next variant that you guys are doing and you can always you just you can just honestly do dynamite books and do red sonia variants and those are like around i think five or six grand or something like that that you guys could do books on and you think about it you're getting about is it three thousand copies, Luke? Some, some, something like that. Like mm -hmm. three thousand so copies. copies to make your money back. Like you got to sell, you know, what three hundred books at twenty dollars a pop? I think you guys could do that. I think you guys could do. I, that. I, I love, I love how John Boy just has this, this faith oh. in us. You know what? <laughs> I'm starting oh, to believe. Oh, start to oh, believe. If you only knew our, our, our past business <laughs> ventures and. Well, I think the thing about it is when you guys do it, you have to be all in on it and you have to do your, your research. But I mean, like, you know, Nelson watching Nelson has a very successful comic book uh, store and online presence. And he does he does lots of variants. I think that's, you know, he's a good resource. So you probably even if you guys did a book with an artist that he liked and he knew he could make money off of, you probably buy some copies for you guys. Then you guys would probably have to discount that probably either 60 to 40 percent so they can buy copies and do their markup yeah. but that's still getting you to hitting your nut as far as like seeing like okay well six thousand after that then six thousand we can split that you know four ways between four guys let's say you make ten thousand dollars six thousand was your overhead you each get a thousand dollars i mean that's that's not a bad hustle for like a couple of weeks worth man that's like you know I like how I I love how how he just makes it like hey, you guys got this number you do this you do the bada bing you got this oh, no problem you sell ten thousand copies it's okay no problem I like it. Well, the number like you know you guys have a, you guys got to remember you guys got a built-in audience people tune in all the time to listen, and then you guys upload it to your channels and then there's still people and then you have a link after the show or we can you do autograph copies for people like whoever's live on the show then they get an autograph their books get autographed for free or, or something you always work something out like i think it's just you know you always got to think about like adding that little because like this is this is not you know like it's nice to be able to monetize on your show and make a little extra money because hey man equipment ain't cheap microphones ain't cheap things break down yeah you want to uh you want to build out the equipment that you have you want a new soundboard you know baby needs some new shoes like you know you want to you want to you know, like like add a monetary element on top of what you guys are doing. Like, I mean, this is stuff we talked about. Mm -hmm. last time. So I'm like, yeah, man, you should like, make make a little scratch I'm yourself. Pretty, like, I'm pretty sure we can do this again, you guys. I'm, I, I yeah. think we've learned. I think we learned. Uh, you know, Look, certainly. If you guys are gonna do this, talk to me first, and I'll yeah. tell you, like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how you <laughs> roll out. This is how you need to make it successful. It doesn't even have to be with me as an artist. It could be with anybody, but you want to find somebody who is 
who is a good established artist or, or even a mid-tier artist who has some sort of following, you know, you want to. Well, and what you said, you told us you've worked on 75 to 80 covers in the past two years, right? That yeah. is, that is that, what is that? An Olympic record? Maybe. No, no, that's, that's, that's not. Cause like, I think, uh, I think the records got by a guy named Marco Georgievich and he did, I think in six months he did 65 covers in six months. It was something undone. Wow. But That's I mean, Marco, Marco's a beast. He does, he, uh, he, he's uh, with a studio called Six More Vodka. So the guys. Now, do you think that, that during the pandemic and every, when people weren't traveling, we had all of this, all of this money in our accounts to spend on buying fun things. And we saw mm -hmm. like the incredible highs. Where do you see the industry going from here? What are your thoughts? Are we going to go? Are we going to have a basically? Are we going to have a, a '90s crash, or do you see us just leveling out? Or where, what are your thoughts well, on? I that? think it's going to be a two thing. I think there's going to be a bigger push for digital product um, because the economy is going to necess necessitate that. I think we, you know, for those of you who aren't in though, like we, you know, where we're, we're quickly running out of diesel fuel. I think we have a 20 day supply left. So come black Christmas, you know, the supply chain is going to short, uh, slow down deliveries are going to, aren't going to go out until trucks are completely full. Um, that means fewer product stores and not enough to meet demand. Uh, prices are going to go up. You know, we have, uh, you know, after this election, you know, Biden just opened up another, I think like 9 million barrels of oil that keeps things, down and price gas price low up until the end of December. So, you know, with that rate coming up in gas and cost of living and inflation, you know, products are going to be costing a lot more. So I think you're going to see a bump in, in what people spend their money on. I mean, there'll probably always be a bump in sales now because COVID has necessi necessitated the art of sales and back issues and slab books to go up. And once things hit that threshold, they don't ever go back down. <clears throat> Yeah, because you've established a buy market by that time, like you know. So, do you see floppies hitting like five, six dollars on the regular? Um, depends. I mean, you see Marvel trying to keep costs low by going to the shittiest common denominator as far as paper quality. <laughs> yeah. So, but and that's and that's what they did in the nineties too. But they I, have to. Well, yeah. yeah, but no one prints on newsprint anymore. So, um, but they're trying to do that to keep costs low and keep their margins high. I mean, like any business, but there's going to come to a point where there's probably going to be rate increases. Probably, I, honestly, I think by these elect by the midterm elections here that we're going to see, and then by the summer we'll probably see an increase because we're going to see an increase in gas prices, and they're not going to be able to hold that for so long because mm -hmm. most publishers, if they foresee a problem, they did this in the uh, '80s with the gas prices. They actually bought lots of paper stock, so they had it. Oh, so wow. they can keep the prices low to sell more volume or jack it up a little bit and still make money. And they're making money because they bought the paper cheaper. Um, but if they're not buying their paper, when that runs out, then they're going to have to, they're not going to pay more money and have a, you know, like what they bring back is not going to be enough. So I'm, I'm sure rates are probably going to go up maybe a quarter, maybe by the summer, if things continue the way they are. So it's a lot of changes in the world going on right yeah. now right? that affect, that so affects supply chain. So, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. I mean, like, yeah, we're just, you we're just, yeah, it's like you come out of COVID to walk into like, you know, uh, diesel shortages and uh, food processing plants. Like, what is it? Like, yeah. 16 of them just exploding and 
bursting into flames and getting hit by planes and all kinds of weird stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah it's, the price of yeah. food is just going up like crazy. Yeah, it will be yeah. going up. So there's fewer processing plants to make the food. So it means, or to get the food out. So it means the higher costs. So, yeah, it's it's a strange little, uh, well, not a little storm, but it's this big weird storm that. That, that does affect price of comics and how people spend and things like that. So not, not, not to be like doom and gloom here, but I'm just like, you always want to forecast like, well, how do we make money in this market? How do we, how do we engage our audience? How do we, how do we do stuff to keep, keep our heads floating and, and, and keep things interesting? You know, um, I think if uh, uh, apps like whatnot can do really well, I think you guys can follow that model, but use your own model. I mean, you've guys got something that's better than the app. You know, you have a, an audience that tunes in all, all the time. Dylan's so, app. Yeah, but it's it's Eagle app. You can monetize on that. And the thing about it is hopefully one whatnot will get to a point where you can start loading preload a show into a stream that you already recorded and people can just buy when it goes live. Oh, that'd be smart. Yeah. Just go to this link right here. You can purchase this is live on the store. I mean that is a little bit easier right there. That is something you can make a I think you can make a, personally I, I I like doing things live. I like doing the live shows with the guys and whatnot. But when I do my shows on my channel, a lot of them almost all of them are recorded. I feel like having them recorded and editing them and having some fun with it, I feel like you I, I, you can present a little bit of a better show. Um this is like with me when I do my solo stuff and then if he you know going solo like what you're saying and doing the whatnot app and doing a little bit of editing having some fun and then having a link that sounds mm -hmm. like it, it would be a little bit better you can you can do a lot more i think i think production value wise because like for right. me um you kind of have to put on a show a little bit people are there to be entertained to a certain point and if it's a guy in his you know sack of comics behind him he's just pulling on air <laughs> totally you know, you're kind of like, you got like 40 guys or 100 guys already doing that. Like, what are you doing differently? You want to, like, I, I think like Rob Liefeld has probably got it figured out the best because he incorporates a lot of his observation stuff into his whatnot shows or expanded, expanded topics that he's a little bit more candid about. Like, you know, like the, the language is a little bit more colorful. You know, you'll get a little <laughs> bit more juicier tidbits on there, but there's an entertainment element. There is an entertainment for sure. Uh, kind of tacked onto it, but that's what you want to use. So if you do pre-recorded shows, you can always do that, but then you can still monetize on top of that. And say, okay, we're going live now. Let's do this. And while that's pre-recorded, you could still interact with people live typing and saying, da, 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 da. yes, great, cool. Yes, we've got these many left. Hey, guys, da, 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 let's move these out. You know, it's you want to be able to multitask on things. But, I mean, it's a lot of hustle, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, you got to, you got to put a little swag in that swagger, man. You know, yeah. you know, pimping ain't easy, man. It looks easy, but it ain't. You know, you gotta, you gotta really got to multitask. And you yeah, work, you're man. right. You're, yeah, you're absolutely yep. right on that. Yeah. So it's I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this real fast. Let me, let me bring this up real fast because you brought up, you brought up. I'm sorry, AJ. I, I, I just, I love this. No, not that. Well, I love you too, AJ. Hold on, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you you brought up you you brought up the Wildstorm stuff earlier. Yeah, this is the one yeah. in fifty cover for for Wildcats, and, mm -hmm. and I love the fact that Wildcats and all the '90s stuff is start, starting to come back right here. Yeah. This right here totally captured my eye because I thought like you you captured the essence of both Grifter um, and Zealot right here, and you said that you know there there are a couple of your favorites. Right? Tell me about this one right here. Tell tell me what was going through your mind when you because because I uh, want to know about this one right so here. So I wanted Maul in there, but I think <laughs> Maul was 
I was told no. So they're like, well, you know, you do Grifter and Zella. And I'm like, yeah, those are two of my favorite cats. I mean, like Voodoo's great too. I liked all the characters, to be honest with you. I thought they were they're really good. The characters are all arch archetypes anyways. So it was kind of like you got this Batman Punisher type guy. You got this Wonder Woman kind of ninja Psylocke assassin chick, you know. So um, um, I, I try to do it to where you kind of capture him like after the battle. You always want to do like the, the thing about action is you either want to tell the story what's like they're caught in action or after action are the most mm -hmm. interesting. And this is kind of like after aftermath where they apparently just you know kicked butt and uh they're all just kind of taking a little breather and you know some of the costumes i i there's a lot more leeway with grifter than there was with zella i think her costume for there i think they were uh <clears throat> excuse me they were um saying well this is her costume so we kind of want to see her in that so i was like oh, okay how do i make that work so, Honestly, I kind of, I, I kind of like, I, I appreciate that she, she's a lot more covered up than she was in the nineties. You know, oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of like it. You know, it, there's just too much of that. I, I liked how she looks like she's really ready for battle and not like an right. Instagram photo shoot. You know, like yeah, that's that's true. Out. That is that is true. Because yeah, I do miss the the slim bikini though. I, I do kind of miss the bikini shot, but later on, she was wearing more of the the red jumper. I kind of like that. It's more of a practical outfit for me because this feels like it's more Asian kind of samurai Ronin-esque inspired. And it's yeah. kind of like, eh, you know, like they're, they're from Chera. So maybe, you know, doing, I would have done more space samurai looking armor as something that's like not so earth grounded, something a little different, but um, I, I didn't do the design on it. So not, not to knock whoever did, I think they did a wonderful job. I'm just saying like for me, I would probably do something that's a little more alien looking, but um, I think my thing was, like uh, talking with my editor, uh, uh, the great Ben Abernathy. Um, and I was like, hey, man, like, so, you know, there's this no guns policy on the cover of, uh, oh, of really? the covers. Yeah, DC, you know, they don't want to be. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I was like, well, it's like, dude, you can't have Grifter on the cover and have him like, well, what, what do you want me to make him hold? Because he can hold a knife. I'm like, look, Grifter's not holding knives. And then all the covers they sent me already. Uh -huh. He was holding the knife. I was like, that is the dumbest shit ever. So I, like, I'm not doing that. so I was like, look, man. I was like, look. In the cartoon, he had these little, like, kind of like handheld blasters that look like phasers. Can I do that? They're like, yeah, because they're not guns. It's make believe. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> it's make they're phasers. <laughs> I was like, look, something that reads gun but not gun is, is something that is more in line with the character. It feels true to the character because. If you put like a a knife in his hand, you'd just be like, it would it would look weird. Like you're that's like, not him. That do, that does yeah. guns a blazing. Like you said, well, sorry, I feel like um, most covers, like no 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 artist is actually like they're always making their own type of gun. I've never seen them where it's like an actual like gun gun. It's always like like how Rob Liefeld, you know the the cable's holding a gun, but it's a gun that. We've never right. seen ever, you know, of course, that right. Liefeld designed. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of better off getting away with that because then it's like, well, is it a gun? I was like, no, it's a squirt gun. It's, no, no, it's, it's, it's a, a harpoon. Gun. It's a giant harpoon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Wait, say that again, Red. <laughs> the one, the gun from the uh, from uh, Beverly Hills Cop Three, with the one with the, the little microwave and plays a stereo. On oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. 
Wow. They're actually doing part four to that too. I heard. So. What? No, are they really? There's going to be a part four. The whole cast is coming back. Judge Ryan, Judge Reinhold, like Taggart and uh, Taggart and Eddie Murphy guys. Right? Look, look. Over the is last the other guy still alive? The uh, yeah, Pierce, uh, uh, the guy, the bulky guy is coming back. The arms dealer. Oh, guy. Pierce Brosnan. No, Pierce. Uh, oh, Pierce Bronson Pinchot. Bron yeah, Bronson Pinchot. Well, well, wait, wait, was it uh, cousin cousin Balky? No, yeah, it's cousin, cousin Balky. Yeah. Cousin Balky, right? <laughs> yes, and cousin Larry is on She-Hulk. Did you not know? That? Yeah, we yeah. saw that. Yeah, oh, that, yeah I like that. Right? Red dad, was yeah. the one that was like most excited about that. Like he totally said that. He's like, "Oh my God, oh, look my God. God. it's cousin Larry!" Oh my God. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's how. Like I'm like, well, I'll just put fake guns. Like like if the narrative, like there's like Punisher is more. Of a real world character and you always want to kind of ground him more in real world tech because he's that that's that narrative for that character um but i think with grifter they already established that he's had these weird laser guns in past issues and he's had he's had like blaster weird looking blasters like this in the cartoon so like for me it kind of felt right to, to, to me when you when you kind of take Someone who uses guns really is part of their narrative, and you give them knives, it just kind of falls apart for me. It's just like it's just fail all over it. I'm just like, I can't do that, man. This is yeah. the kind of clout we need, you guys. We see we need people like Scott Williams and, and David Nakayama just just hitting us up. See, like this this is what this is this is what John Boy could do. He could post something and you have greats like David Nakayama just coming that. Oh well, that. I know they're my friends though too, so they're like, Yeah, good job. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. But those guys are awesome too, man. But those are guys you should have on the show, man. This is what I mean. Like, cast your net wide, dude. Like, yeah, man. Like, go for the big fish. Ask Todd McFarlane to be on your show, man. Why not? Look, look, closed mouth don't get fed. That's that's how I live right there. You know, that that's we ask people to come on the show. We asked you. See, look, look, we I'm cast here, it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we want you to come on the show. Like, yeah, dude, let's do it when you want to do it. Like, we can do it here on Okay, let's do this. Like, I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Jumbo, I wanted to ask you because I saw that um, on Instagram you posted a cover for you, uh, Miles Morales, issue three for Spider Man. Yeah. I think it's are issue two now. So I was like, oh, sorry. really? Wait, what? <laughs> are you, are you going to do one for issue one? No, that originally was supposed to be for issue one, but I was too busy with DC stuff. So I said I couldn't do it. I said I could do one for another issue. Um, and I think that cover, I, this one? I, I don't, yeah, I'm, it's kind of a love-hate thing with that cover because it, it's kind of all over the place for me, like, color-wise. But I wanted the idea of the city being on fire, but originally it was Miles getting held by, um, I don't know. What, the what, new character? It? Yeah, I can't remember the character. Her original name was Rima, but I think it's something else now. So um, it was originally Miles being held and then, Vulture's daughter flying in the background to help, and it was much splashier. So, because you can't have Miles, you can't have these two characters being bigger than Miles needs to be kind of big on his own cover, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just kind of it's just they pick the rough and they want the thing switched out. I'm like, oh man, I was like, it doesn't work like that. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, look, because like Miles is supposed to be the one being defeated and being held. And they're like, well. We already have that now in the other you know, cover that uh, DK is doing. I was like, oh, it's like, all right, well, shit. I was like, all right, well, I got to make this work. So, yeah, here we go. So, uh, as, soon, as soon as I saw this character right here, it immediately gave me Gotcha Man feels. I was just like, oh, that 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 kind of looks old. Kind of her, I kind of like that. Does. That is the uh, 
the vulture's niece, actually. When I think her name is Albatross or something like that, maybe. And yeah, she's been around for like I think a, at least a couple of years now. She came out a couple of years back. Yeah, she was a love interest, I guess, for Miles. And I always thought, like, I thought Viz Vision, Viv Vision, was more like interested in Miles from the original teen champions run. But maybe I'm wrong. So I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this run because from what I hear, like this is the 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 series that's going to establish his own rogues gallery. So yeah, she's kind of like a hobgoblin type character because when I was looking at the color palette, it was like kind of like like oranges and kind of blues and some yellow browns and slight greens kind of. So I was like, okay, it feels like hobgoblin. So because she has her own little goblin glider, like little drones that she kind of rides around in so i was like okay here you go cool see um, i like i like this combination though i've I, like whenever you whenever you draw i just love you know ryan's coloring on top yeah, he, of it he knocks know? it out yeah he's he's a beast so um, like both of you are amazing and then i went back at some of your old stuff john boy and uh, then i saw some of the old riot games and some of the uh, uh this, this was like old old development stuff and we we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out what the factions were like like noxus mm -hmm. is very like uh uh noxus is like if you guys play league is like where darius is from and it, it's very war driven society so everything for me i was thinking like okay the the that idealistic thing is going to be very kind of Spartan-like. They're going to be very, like, in your face. So everything's going to be sharp. Everything's going to be made for close combat quarters. They like to get in there face-to-face -face and take people on. So This is uh, this is for people who, uh, who know John Boy's art, but they're not used to right. Ryan not uh, coloring. And this, this is all right. League of Legends stuff. No, this, you know that was actually MotorStorm Apocalypse, which was so – okay, i got to tell you this story. So this was done for Sony. It's a racing game that takes place in an earthquake oh. by Sony, who's a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. This um, one here? Uh -huh. Yeah, this one, right? A great game. We did all the cutscenes. It's a big story. Very cool, right? So everyone was excited about the game. They're going to ship the game with a TV and a PlayStation. You can get all the game. You can do all the stuff. So great. Everyone's excited. Like a week before it went out, Guess what happened? Tsunami hit. Earthquake. Oh, the oh, one back in Japan? Japan? Years back? Yeah, yeah. So Sony's like, you know, we cannot, we cannot put out a game. Oh. I think yeah. they had an earthquake. I don't know if it was a tsunami or not, but they 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 told us that they couldn't put out a game from a parent company in Japan about a game, a racing game that takes place in an earthquake in LA that destroys all of LA. Right, right. It, it would have been it would have been in bad just bad timing. Yeah, they so just kind of buried the game, man. Oh, so the game never came crazy. out at all, or no, like oh yeah, it came out. It just they just never promoted it. Everything oh, just bad synergy. What was the name of the game? Now I'm interested. Motorstorm Apocalypse. Yeah, you can Google it, like uh um and look at the videos. There's a lot of cutscenes that are probably online and stuff like that. It would be kind of cool. So um yeah, that was it. And this, I think these were colored by Tony Washington, who was the uh, the uh, the um, colorist and and yeah, there you go of the series. So that was it right there. A little racing oh, nice. game just in the middle of. So it's yeah. kind of like uh, Need for Speed meets like you know Walking Dead. I guess. I don't know. No, that's well, really kind of Need for Speed in an earthquake. It's actually really cool. Like like the scenes will change. Like you know, 
that's what I liked about the game is actually when you're when you're doing stuff, things are always changing. So the course, if you memorize a course, it might change because oh, it's what actually changed. Oh, that more. that makes it better. That 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 yeah. constantly change right there. It's good for those people who are like like you said. Uh, you know, I'm good at this track. I know how to do this track. Like the, these guys who play Gran Turismo, they know the track. They know what turn to hit. But in a game where the environment constantly changes, it changes your gameplay every single time. So it's not the same. So things are slightly different every time. The timing might be a little different on each one. So, there, so yeah, there's yeah, a little more of pretty dope. difficulty level that they kind of threw a curve at, which is kind of nice. Dude, you know, the PlayStation 3D Display TV. I yes. never even have heard of that. <laughs> Yes. That is so cool. That that's when 3D was big, but then the whole thing got buried. But this was like oh, I had this one. was like a long, long time ago. I think this is one of the first earthquakes that hit. I don't know if this was the tsunami. I don't think so. So wait, this came with a 3D TV. Wait, yeah. came with the TV, yeah. um, glasses, and the cable, everything. You yeah, know. it was an awesome game, man. We we're all stoked, and then the did it crash, and we we're like, oh, man, that's, oh, that's, man, that's crazy. Crazy. We all thought we we're gonna get bonuses, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's... we came in like we came in way under budget. We we knocked it out. We did it, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna get bonuses. And the game ships gonna be bananas, like yeah. So, have you done any games since? Like, ha have you designed or helped design any other games? Uh, well, then I then uh, after that, I ended up at uh, Riot Games. A couple uh -huh. of years later, I did League of Legends and. Uh, I think recently I did some small stuff for some uh, a company that's launching an NFT universe, mm -hmm. and they're doing a comic and, and a bunch of other stuff with it. So I did. So some you got stuff. an NFT comic coming out? I did a cover for it, and there's still some talks for me to do more. So we're kind of working out the numbers on that. So we'll see. You do you think about, that uh, NFTs are a thing to 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 start really working on? Uh, it, it's kind of like the Wild West right now. Um, um, totally. there's a lot of things kind of popping up and yeah. I think we need to figure out someone needs to come up with the, the killer app and the killer thing to, to keep people there to in because like I think Tom McFarlane Stevie Aoki did something where they were just pushing out art Odd key. oh that's right that's yeah. right yeah so but hey, I, I don't something. really hear a lot about it I think you need something that's gonna like transcend cool the nft market into the mainstream and that's when it's going to gain traction so there's a lot of it's things not like easy to buy it's you have to go through these processes and yeah it's not easy if you link it to paypal because paypal actually does currency conversions for bitcoin and digital currencies if you link yeah. it and you partner with them to do that you make the process a lot easier the thing yeah. about it is again it comes back to presentation ease um you know, it's all these things that kind of factor into like keeping an audience. Cause if things are too hard, we're like, man, screw this, you know, cause this is what Meta's I think coming into right now is we're trying to build the metaverse. It it's a video game, but it's a shitty looking video game. So you're it's not, worse than we, well, the thing about it is, is they should have just started out small mm -hmm. where you can make moving avatars, yeah. 3D avatars of yourself on the main pages. And then, you you move too fast too soon it, it's too much you you do you you you, you turn that fire up low you, you do these 3d avatars that people can incorporate other things where they can move across your page and scroll down and do funny things while you're scrolling through your page like that's cool that's yeah. something different you're getting 
people acclimated to their 3D avatars doing cool shit. Mm -hmm. And then you do something where you can skin your avatar, like on holidays, they'll let you pick a skin that you can keep. Uh, a leprechaun suit or I don't know if that's racist now or not, but fuck it, whatever, right? No, it's not. I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, is it really? No, it's white. You can say anything about white people. We don't care. Okay. <laughs> well, Halloween, you could, do, you could do those things where you create a culture around that. And then, look, by this time, your avatar, within a year, your avatar has all these different suits and customizations. Now you say, well, we have this little world that we can bring our avatar into. Now you introduce the world where they can start doing something, bring their avatar and interact as that avatar in there and do, do, do small stuff. You can do shopping. And when you're there, they give you things like called meta coins or Facebook coins. And you can use these coins to buy other skins and do this stuff and do that. Like they just did it all wrong, man. Like you're, they, you're absolutely the, right. Oh, go ahead. AJ. The weird thing is um, I know like with DC and it's weird because I'm pretty sure Marvel's going to do the same thing. I think just a couple weeks back, DC did a NFT release of, of like, um, I think, Action Comics number one or something like that. Yeah, I, did. I think they're doing Harley and a Batman one as well. A couple other yeah. the thing, The thing that I don't get, though, is, like, what's the difference between that and then, like, aren't, like, all those apps that, that have been around to read digital comics, aren't those all already available to read? That's what confuses me so nfts you got to look at it like this so it this is all digital space right look at it like this so comiXology we're talking cool comiXology pre-amazon yeah. like coming in here right is basically the newsstand right and nfts nft comics are like the cgc of those digital newsstands okay all right so you can own numbered special edition copies that are, I don't know, like whatever it is, like super duper limited or whatever, whatever. But it's got to be a different cover or something to yeah. make it different than the, the comicsology library, yeah. right? Ideally, like I don't know enough about the NFT space or who's doing it over at DC. Like I, I would have like <laughs> the thing about it is, is like, they, they, every company thinks they need a guru to do it, and you, you really don't. You need to, you need to get young guys who actually understand the space to tell you what kind of cool shit you need to do. Um, yeah, because I think some of the rollouts are doing, are, in my opinion, are not are not very well thought out. They're kind of half-assed, and and they they reek and smell of like corporate capitalism. Just kind of we're trying to cash in on it, and you, you can't. You want to do. Comics are grassroots, normal people. So you want to have normal people kind of helping you dictate what that thing needs to look like and needs to be. Like if it were me, I would have done an NFT comic where it was, you have a standard comic that's on Comixology, but the NFT versions are more motion graphics activated. It's more of a digital comic, a digital uh -huh. experience, digital motion yeah. comics where the cover is more like a moving splash screen where it's like, well, we did in League of Legends, we had splash, like load screens. You know, we used to have the load screens, they got rid of it, which is sad. Where it's like, you know, Jinx dancing or moving, like kind of breathing and there's effects and there's things going on. You feel like it's more of an immersive experience for the cover. And then you go inside, you can read it like a comic, but the comic has like moving atmospherics, there's lights flickering on and off. There's certain things to make that comic experience more immersive. You know, that, that's where you add that shine or 
it could be a bunch, bunch of different things. Like this is just me, like two seconds spitballing, like in my head, what it could be. I mean, th there's better ways to just slap in a NFT thing on it. You can add more value to it because as this thing gets resold, you know, these are features that you don't get with every other comic. It's it's something yeah. better. It's something different. You know, it's like something yeah. you can personalize for your your image on top of the hero, maybe something like that, or nothing. Well, uh, well, there's the thing about it is you could actually do that where you could have people upload their avatar image and that picture avatar is actually put somewhere within the comics. They're actually a character in the comic interacting with Batman would be kind of cool too. There's a lot of things you can do with technology. I mean, we've got programs now that, that scour the internet and swipe from every artist out there to create AI generated art. And it's not really computer generated because it's, it's stealing from everybody. So it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, and there's there's artists who are embracing it, which I think is kind of shitty. They're, um, wait, they're what now? There's artists out there who are totally embracing it and doing it for uh, comics. Gotcha. Um, which I can think is kind of shitty, personally. I, I think it's like, well, just just try your own thing. Um, but you know, I think AI can be a tool. But I, I think if you're pulling from artists to create art, you, you're you're kind of you you know. I don't know. You're kind of licensing their what makes them an artist. Because like artists, we all like we all imitate when we first start out. Like Joe Joe Mad was one of my big influences. And he's someone who's still influential on me and the things that I do. But you kind of when you start that, you're kind of a clone. But as you progress, you you kind of evolve past that. There are still those benchmarks that can say, oh, he was a big fan of this guy. This is who he's inspired by. But you've kind of evolved past that. Where, you know, AI art is still like, I don't know. It's, it, it, I think it's an interesting tool. But, I mean, you, you have these fuckers building this stuff and it, it's just ripping off artists. And and the thing about it is you're, you're having people saying, I'm an artist now because I do AI art. And it's like the idea, it's like giving a loaded gun to a kid who does not know how to use a gun. Like you yeah, wield it yeah. with impunity. There's no you didn't earn the skill level and the years of practice to become an artist to do this stuff. You just kind of like hey, look what I got, you know. And and and, and it, what's dangerous is it, it it really minimizes the value put on art and artists who actually do art because people would say, well, I just go into a computer and type this up and blah, blah, blah. oh here it is, you know, I've got a cover. Nothing was earned during that. It was just some jackass typing in a couple prompts and they're they're getting something back. Code, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you're you're basically assigning a low value ratio to work that artists create. You kind of devalue what we do in a certain sense. So if we did that for programmers or or these CEOs where it's like, hey, it's a digital CEO, you run your company, do whatever, like you don't need the CEOs anymore, just use the app. You know, people will probably be up in arms if we had something like that. You know? That's that's called Skynet. That that's when the world gets taken over by the AI. <laughs> right, it's a, right, it's a wrap. Once we have a robotic AI, they're they're going after artists next. It's going to be writers, you know. And pretty soon you're going to have these big corporate conglomerate entities like X amount movie studio or book studio or comic studio or whatever. That's all. All their comics are AI generated and AI written. That's it. They kind of put in a couple prompts. They kind of plot out what they want, and then the. And writes the dialogue, and there you go. I I picked one up, 
I'm not going to lie. A couple of weeks ago, I picked up an AI comic. Um, it was based off of uh, the who's the guy? Famous old school C.S. Lewis. I think it's okay. what his name is. It, it was a comic based off of some C.S. Lewis stuff. And all of the art on the interior was all digital art. And it's nine panels of digital or AI art per per page. <laughs> And it's it's taking the words of C.S. Lewis and then just incorporating images based off of that. Now, it's eerie. It's eerie and it's soulless is what it looked like to me. Now, I was fascinated by it. Uh, you know, I wanted to see how an AI thought about what images would come out of it. And yeah, you're right. It is a person punching in code. And it's it's freaky. It's freaky to see what these it, and you know it's freaky to see what computers think art is. And to imagine that later on down the line, something like this could start taking orders at McDonald's and eventually become Skynet. Like, no joke. So, it really could. They need artists' work, existing work, to create prompts for the art, to, for the AI to recognize what a figure is, mm -hmm. what a brushstroke is. So you're, you're, you're taking the essence of what an artist does. You're not... It, you're not you, you're, so traditionally... Artists worked under masters or found masters or imitated their masters for many years until they learned how to do it on their own. Mm. And they evolved past that point. I think when you're prompting AI, um, I guess digitally it could be considered the same thing, but it's, it's I don't know. You know, it, it, it comes into this big gray zone, you know. I, I think the thing that bothers me about it is they cheapen it to where you can just type something in and instantly you're an artist. You have to understand as AI, AI this is what they're, we're getting now. Two years ago, it was pretty basic. Now it's sophisticated. Pretty soon it's going to be super photorealistic. Dude, if you want this, this kind of, this scare, this scares me a little bit, actually. The, uh, cause, oh my God. Even, they can take the I just looked at it. They can take the, the essence uh, of like, if you prompt Michael, Mike, look at this. this is it. Yeah, there that you go. That freaks me out. Oh my yeah. god! The abolition. The yeah, abolition this of man. Was, this was done. This was done about eight to maybe eight months to a year ago, maybe. It, it, it's been a little while. The the AI has gotten better since then. So if you put in better prompts, you're going to get better art back. Like, hmm. it's 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 uneasy, man. Like, I, I think the thing is, you have programmers programming in the essence of an artist, and then the AI is figuring out what kind makes of, an artist that artist and turning it into art. So the idea is you can have a whole, like say you're into Arthur Adams, you can put all these prompts in for Arthur Adams work and the AI figures it out sooner or later, you can have an AI drawing exactly Arthur Adams. So is that, is that really what's happening then? It's not just coming That's, from nothing. It's a, it's a baseline code of Arthur Adams work and they're, it, it scrubs the internet for all these images and creates the images. It creates that image based off all the other images from the prompt. So it's feeling from everybody. Cool, like you have to understand, like there's a, there's no, there's look, no soul to it. Well, uh, there, I wouldn't say there's no soul to it. It's just like ethically, there's there's a huge like issue with it because you're kind of like if you're using these prompts to create art from then you should, technically should be paying artists for yeah, exactly that. i was thinking what if what if well let me ask you here here's a question that i have <clears throat> let's say down the line this is something that 
that that happens i would think that there's going to be some sort of litigation that you know artists can, can say you know you're taking from my work i should be getting compensated oh man so for that okay. so here's the thing i that makes perfect sense it's not going to happen because <clears throat> For your lawyer that an artist can afford, you have to understand, yes, you probably could take them to court. They would bury you in years and years and years of paperwork. Their lawyers are, they're better funded than you. They're just going to bury you in paperwork and you're going to run out of money. Like, yeah. is it worth it? Like, they're not, they're, they're just going to weed you out, man. Like, these are these tactics. Like, corporate America does these things. You have to understand why these things are being done. And you have to look at the long-term picture. These things are being done because it's the next step in replacing creatives. Mm -hmm. Where what studios about make own their own thing and do these things without creative people interfering? There's more profit in it for them to do that. So that's why these things are being created. These I things. hear you. Yeah. I hear you, John Boy. Let me let <clears throat> let me play the other side though. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not an artist, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in and, and tell you how it should be done. But a way to look at it also is this because immediately I start thinking about DJs, radio disc jockeys, they play the music, they play mixes, they go to the clubs, they play the records, and they're getting paid for playing the records. A lot of the times, a lot of the artists who who who, whose music that they're playing, they don't get paid for them spinning the, the records or whatnot. Also, DJs, like these huge EDM DJs will take works from other people and make it into their own too. Same idea where they're punching in code, they're punching in beats, they're using a computer to make a sound that sounds, yeah. you know. Well, okay, so let's let, let's pump the brakes on that. So, so you're telling me DJs, so... I just can't be a DJ and buy the equipment and just start making fat ass beats. That takes years of practice and years of skill and a year to hear what beats and dreaming. Mm -hmm. There's a skill to it. That's that's learned over time. So what you're telling me is AI has the same rights as a human being in no, no. creating art. But that's no. what it boils down to because because yeah. an AI can do that. There's there's no learning curve. It's just it's all program. It's mm -hmm. all bits and bytes. It's it's terabytes. It's bazillion of calculations to create these beats. And instead of one beat, they can create different beat, different sections of these beats, completely different. So the thing about it is, is there's no. They didn't earn. They didn't put any hours or efforts into doing that. Uh -huh. So okay. something did it for them. No, An AI no. did it, versus a person who actually learned it has music appreciation, has an eclectic taste and say, wow, Johnny Cash, this Johnny Cash beat would fucking go great with this Kanye West song. I'm going to put this in these guitar mm. beats. I'm going to take this drum snap from this. I'm going to do that. I could, you're being creative. That's the essence of creativity. And, and, and that's all gone when you, when you have an AI that does it. Oh, okay. It's, more okay. About, I, it's somebody I, making a prompt because you, it, it's kind of like you didn't, put those hours in to be able to do that. You're just some asshole typing in a prompt and taking the credit for it. it. It's not the same thing. You know, it's, it's not a, tell us how you really feel about AI. I, I will say, I will say one thing though, John boy, the, the one factor that we haven't really thought about is, um, and maybe I'm being a little optimistic on this, but the consumer us, if mm -hmm. we know that, Oh, this book 
is all pulled from John Boy Meyer's art. And this is all pulled from, uh, I don't know, uh, James Tinian's oh, notes on a book. But none, they're not getting any credit for it. Us as consumers, comic book readers, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna back that personally. I can guarantee you, people would, and and people are doing digital like, AI comics right now. So, um, I was you, interested. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, yeah, I heard. It, you know, I was you, like, well, let me take a look at it. You know, if was, you knew, the thing is, the comic community is gonna know that this is being pulled from. You know John Boy Myers's art, but he's not getting the credit. I think I don't know, maybe I'm just being optimistic that we would be like, you know, that's not cool. Again, right? though, like morally, there will be that outrage, but legally, yeah, sure, I could litigate, but they're just gonna bury me in paperwork. What am I gonna do? Yeah, like I, I'm not against AI. We we interact with AI all day. Like when you like something on Facebook or Instagram, and AI tracks that and then they send you more of that. Like there's nothing wrong with AI in itself. It's the people making these things and doing these things. They can attach a profit percentage because they know what images that AI pulls from in order to create these images. If yeah. they actually monetize on that and then actually pay creative people yeah. for like, hey, look, like the, you were part of the algorithm that helped generate this piece. You were credited as part of the artist on this piece. And here's a small percentage of what you're making. The thing is you have to remember if you're creating these prompts and licensing these companies, you could probably pay a flat fee to this company of a million dollars a year to generate as many comic books, images, and stories you want. And you don't have to pay a creative team for that. And you own all the content and there's no original, there's no nothing. That is very enticing to publishers or filmmakers or things like that because you don't have to pay creatives. You own all the content. It's everything. You're just licensing the program to generate content for you that you can resell. There's not a lot of overhead in that because right now you're looking at like, it used to be about 10 years ago, it's about $10,000 to make one comic book on average, your average comic. Nowadays, maybe with inflation now, we're talking like maybe $15,000 per comic. Now, if you license that from like mid-journey and they're, they can pull from any artist down and create a comic that looks like somebody drew it, and you pay them a million dollars, they do your whole line. <sighs> Come on, man, do the math on that. You know, if if you do a, a, like a twelve books, you know, twelve issues a year, twenty four pages. Well, shit, you know, like your license, you can make them thirty pages. If you're thirty two pages, who cares, right? It's like you're not paying a creative team to do it. You license it, program. You can do as many as you want. Like you could price the book fairly low. In comparison or fairly high and still make all the profit back and not pay a creative team or any royalties or anything on that like you have to look at the longer game um, yeah, it's like okay. if i took you guys out of the equation and replaced you guys with an ai and it was an ai podcast this would be really it would be or something that you love to do it's the same thing like if you are a truck driver and you're getting replaced by an ai robot like you know you, you're gonna you're gonna be like well hold on here like well, it's you funny know. you bring that up because, you know, Red's actually a fake. He, he is AI. He, he's this, this computer-generated <laughs> thing that I punched. In my, yeah. Well, I'm not, not, not anti-AI. I think the thing about it is is if you're going to do these things and make these programs and, and you're pulling from creative people, then you need to monetize creative people to yeah. be compensated for that. I think that that is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah I hear you. I but, again, you could still litigate against them. 
you're going to have to dig into their code to make to see if your image was actually used. You have to get a court order for that. Yeah. Costs money. They'll bury in paperwork. If you ever by chance happen to do that, it goes to court. Injunction, this, that. You know, they're going to just bury in paperwork. That's crazy. Stuff. You can't even watermark or copyright with your, all your images online at all. Well, technically, if you post images on Facebook, you don't own those images. Facebook does. This is this is part of the consent. So this is the problem with these these great companies that sell you on these ideas that uh, Instagram is like a free platform and you can post anything you want, but they own the content. Really, they really do. They can do whatever they want with it because you posted it and it's your, your page. They're offering you these goodies to do to interact freely on their page um i honestly i i wish they would do more of a paid subscription where you own all your own content and you're hosting your own stuff on their site for x amount of dollars that way you own all your own content and that would be safer they um, they actually did introduce a, a subscription service on on instagram but as far as owning your own content i, I don't know how how that works yeah. it's probably well, the subscription yeah. service benefits instagram and it benefits the host, whoever's doing that. But they, if you read the fine print, they still own that content. Uh, like it's still true. their content because you're still using a free platform to. It's and you have to understand, it. like, like as things kind of get more, things go more digital in the next couple of years. You're going to see a, a really hard push because COVID taught us that digital works now, uh -huh. um, and people are more open to using digital now. So. You can funnel people into whatever. Like you know, once you get them on a full digital thing, I mean, there's so many things you can do with that. Like you know, you could, which means you're getting more profit and not making physical product. Then pretty soon you're gonna be like, well, how do we reduce our costs? And you get rid of creatives. We can do AI stuff and do these things. Like it's <clears throat> at some point, you know, it, it's 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 when you look at your crystal ball. Like what does this really mean for creatives down the road? And, and, and first it's going to be artists next is going to be writers and then pretty soon it's going to be musicians and singers and it's it's going to be like you know it's going to be a virtual artist recording they, artist, they already tried to do that ai rapper who got canceled well look it's going to happen and they're just going to tease it out and then later on you're going to find out like he's going to be in concert and it's going to be a hologram and it's going to be this ai thing and people are like oh shit you know um but the, the AI is still going to pull its music from somewhere. And I can guarantee you it's going to be from like rap artists like Tupac and Biggie and things like that to, to create a template for what rap music will be or for whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's not going to stop. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's every, every part of our way of life is, is going to be changing in this, in this, in this new, this new age that we're kind of walking into. Well, even my, even my live shows that I do just selling comics, uh, they keep getting copyright stricken or copyright stricken. And I'm mm. like, I'm not playing music. I'm just talking. And then someone typed in the chat. He goes, but Luke, you're saying Batman. You're saying Spider-Man. You're saying whole. What? And really? So, what? I'm not kidding. And well, I'm like, that makes total sense. Well, it's it cool. Sucks, that it, it's good because you're doing your shows live. And at least you can get people right there and then to say, yes, I'll purchase right. this. You're not relying on. On people watching the rewind to purchase your books you're doing it live now well, i do not, get a lot i do get people that do buy a lot of people buy that way oh wow <gasps> Dang. can you just say I, s man for spider-man or 
Well, man. for Batman. These are the things that you kind of come into when you're on these free, free platforms. You know? Ninja guy right oh. here. Ninja. <laughs> when you, when you do your Sony, Sony copyright, copyright one of my videos. I'm like, Sony, what the heck is going on? Sony. And, I, and someone's like, Spider-Man. You said Spider-Man. And so wow. I'm saying it right now. We're going to get copyrights. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. yeah, because yeah, because we're not going to get copywritten, you know, any kind of copyright if we say all of these. Look, snake eyes. Are we going to get copyright? No, we're not. I don't understand how that happens. Well, to you. That's I, crazy. I think the thing about it is they do these things. It's called rule of law, so they need. It's kind of like a vampire asking for permission to hurt you. So they they get these law passed and says, "Well, I can technically do this now because we said it's okay to." And you guys passed the law, so here you go. You know, it's. You got to remember, like, it's at, at some point, this is why I'm always like, you always got to hustle. You got to think of something new to, to create monetization for you guys. Cause if you're, if you're selling your own retailer covers, then you're licensing that to be able to do that. So you're allowed to say that. So you're allowed to say these things, you're allowed to say the boys, you can say these things because we're licensing a product. We're a retailer doing this. You kind of have to play that game in order to, to try to like survive. You know, it, it's, it's, it's always a different angle. I think, Luke, I had no idea you're going through that, but I, I think as we, we move forward into the digital age, things like this are going to be more and more of a problem. So, you know, like. Hey, Jumbo, I wanted to ask you, since we're yeah. talking about like digital art and everything, yeah. um, I saw something, this is, because I used to watch, um, Jimmy Lee used to do like Twitch lives where he would mm -hmm. draw, right? And for a while, I think he was drawing in like like an oculus rift pen and it oh, was yeah. like and it was like and he would show it on the screen oh, and it looked crazy. very like like as he's drawing it's kind of like you're in that universe is that something that like artists have like started to like dive into because i always thought that would be really cool if if there was a full-on comic book where it was in the oculus rift where you're actually in the book because like the way it made it look like you can turn around and you see everything going on around you. Somebody from Google, book. somebody from Google, I think, reached out to me about coming in to do some three D painting for them and doing it in three D. And it wasn't a paid thing. They said, "Well, we'll promote you. We'll do this." It's kind of like, "Well, we'll get you exposure." Um, I think the thing that I didn't like about it was because like the way they sold it to me was, well, we're going to do this thing. We want to feature as an artist using our tool and you're going to create art with it. I said, well, who's going to own that art? I said, well, it's going to be our thing. We're going to use that to promote the product. So, well, I should get paid for that. Don't you think? Like, yeah, like you're using Aren't my skill set to sell your shit. The like, fucking <laughs> audacity, John Boy, that these corporations have. We'll promote you. Fuck you. No, you won't promote me. Well, you have to understand, like, you know, like, <laughs> Don't you know who I am? <laughs> no, no, it's not even that. It's not even that. Like, I think if anybody is wanting to use your skill set for something, there should be some totally. thing attached some to compensation. It yeah, yeah. There has to be compensation because as you're working. That's why you're, you're actually you're working. working. Like, you know, whether you're drawing a book or you're signing a book, you yeah. should be making some money off of it, even if it's a buck or something. Like, there should be something on that. Like, well, no, this is just for us exploratory, and we want to use it to promote it and see, show what the program can do. And I said, well. I'd love to do this, but it's just like, you know, my time is worth this much. If I'm going doing free shit for you, I'm not working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least, at least I'm stuck. Be like, hey, you know what? We have like, you know, 
No, you know, like, shares of stock, you know. No, like here, here's the thing: like you, you don't want to get sucked in by the goodies. Like it's not about the goodies. Like you, you have to remember, like when you're doing these things, you're licensing the things that you do to to sell whatever, and there is a value on that. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a big fan following or something that really takes off, and it's like okay, we're gonna do it with other artists. And well, what about me? Like oh, well, we already used you. Now we're paying for it now, but we don't want to use you now. You already did this thing. We're moving yeah. on. Like you, you, you I think you, you, you have to have a little bit more of a business mind, I think, when you're thinking about these creative endeavors and things that you're doing. Because, again, when you, you kind of have to look at your crystal ball and, and think like, okay, well, with all this AI art and all this stuff coming out now, <clears throat> what does that mean for the future? And what does that mean for me? And what do I need to start doing? Because at, at some point, if I'm not building out the things I can do on my own as a creator and having value, because there's only one me, and if I create this unique thing that is me, you can't replicate that. You can't. Mm-hmm. I own that. But if I'm working for a company, at some point, I'm going to become redundant because they're going to have an AI program that they're going to license that, that can draw as well as me or draw exactly like me and they don't have to pay me. You know? And at that point, it's too late. You're kind of aged out. You're not going to be able to find other work. Your your audience has moved on. You, you, the thing about it, I guess, is you always got to be swimming, and you have to kind of see what's always out there. And there's nothing wrong with working for companies, I think, but you got to try to remember you got to do things for yourself as 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 much as you can. And look, I, I get it. Like we get to these spots where um, you got to remember you you come to these spots where you get really comfortable. And things feel good and you're, you're making money and, and these things, but you gotta, you gotta be real to yourself and say, you know, these things aren't going to last. This is good now, but what does this mean in the future? What's coming in the future? What is around right around the corner? And we're not talking five years from now, AI improves every three months. You have to understand that, that that's how fast the technology is moving. Like you, you have no idea. Like I live in Silicon Valley. I hear these guys talk about it all the time. Like it's, like how fast things get made, how how these things learn quicker and quicker and quicker. You have to remember they're doing terabytes of calculations a second. We can do that in our heads as well in our minds, but you know, being able to draw everything that you see out of your head, it's just almost impossible. Like you can't yeah. do it, but AI can because that's what it's programmed to do. It's it's hard to compete with that. So I guess what I'm saying is, for the future, you always want to think about like. And I don't want this to be doom and gloom. It's just this is a reality that we all live in. So what are you going to do with that information? I think totally okay to work for companies now and do stuff if you feel like that is for you. But, you know, if you have an opportunity to do something for yourself, then you should and try to figure that out, especially if you're already in a creative field or a creative endeavor. Because look at what you're doing now. And if you feel like you're too comfortable doing what you're doing now, then um, for me, that means I'm doing something wrong. It means I'm not challenging myself. I'm not pushing myself. I should be doing more. I should be evolving. I should be trying to do more and evolve and 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 and, and add more value or, or change the game or do something better. Because if you're not, you're going to be kind of stuck behind the curve of everyone else. So the bad thing about it is trying to play catch up. And if you're trying to play catch up, then you're never going to catch up. Yeah. You always yeah. want to try to reinvent and do something new or do something better or, or be unique. You know, it's, it's, it's about uniqueness. Cause like, I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of news going on now, like with somebody like Kanye 
and his creative, I don't know, you want to use the term genius or whatever you can. Like, I think for me, him saying what he said was wrong, but at the same time, without paying any money to anybody, he got every brand, everything he created back, he owns free of charge. You didn't have to pay anybody. All those contracts, those companies did canceled on their own. And you have to understand how much money we're talking billions of dollars that his products brought in to those companies. So now that he owns everything that he did for those companies like Adidas and everybody else, he can do a mea culpa, say he's sorry, donate a bunch of money and open up his own brand store and his own chains and make money all on his own. Is that how that works? Like he, he, he did some, he, he says some he really some, stupid shit and then everyone dropped shit. him. But in, in saying that stupid shit, I don't know if it was a business move on his part to just gain ownership of everything he created. Because so he, he, so he owns the Yeezys. Is all, I, I thought uh, Adidas owns the designs though. No. Yeah. Well, he owns, they own the designs of what's done, not what he has coming up. But they can't put okay. that brand on anymore. Yeah. You can't put out Adidas, Adidas Yeezy now. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't. Why? Because Kanye said these stupid things, and you don't want to be associated with that. Mm. So you've, you've cut it off that. You, you can't. Once those contracts are canceled, you can't put out that product anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if he did that from a business move or he was stupid, and he realized that this is a, also a good business move because I have ownership of stuff now. I can start doing my own thing. Mm. Um, I don't know. But I think from a business yeah, point of view, why you did well, I don't know. It, it could be. For me, when I was looking at it as a business person, I'm like, oh, well, this is a, he's going to get all his companies back. Everything that they invested to build his brand and all his, his people, his designs, his production, his, his network, his, his pipeline, he gets back. That's all his. He owns everything free and clear. He didn't have to pay any money because he's having problems with a gap prior to him saying that. Now, guess what? You didn't have to pay any money to Gap to get out of that contract. They just gave it back to him and said, we're done with you. This contract is over. So there, there's when, when you see things, there's always hustle in the game. Maybe that's maybe not the right way to get control of your own game. But what I am saying is there, you got to have to be creative and kind of do things for yourself to kind of like look out for you. Because these corporations were – it turned out the contract he signed ended up being bad deals. They were they're mm-hmm. taking money from him. It's like, hey man, like I get it. I've been there, yeah. you know. So and I'm not I'm not I'm not endorsing what he said was right, absolutely not. But I was looking at I was just looking at it from a business point of view. From a business point of view, he got all his companies and things back. They're fully his one hundred percent. That's crazy. But well, now it's matter. It's a matter of whether he can still make money off of it and whether people still want to follow that brand, you know, now like, yes, he owns it. Yes. He, he has this now. What can he do with it? And will people actually spend money on him now? You know? Oh, oh man, dude. Like you gotta, so. you gotta look at, at some spend, point. Yeah. Dude. You gotta so? spend if, 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 if people can, I hate to say it, man, you get a good PR firm. Like if Amher Heard can make Johnny Depp look like a horrible POS, like you know, <laughs> you could pay people to make that happen. Like there, there's, there's, there's no kidding what you can do to. I mean, I, I had heard, 
I, I you know heard or read somewhere like she she paid like a PR firm like uh, like two million dollars to to put out good PR on her and things like that to change public perception. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do to manip- manipulate people into whatever narrative you want. Like it's movie studios do it every day. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. We we just kind of went down this whole like really crazy. I know road. totally. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, and now that corporations hate Kanye, he's going to become cool again with all the kids. Well, he's he can be looked at as <laughs> anti-establishment, but I think he's going to have to make amends for the comments he said because kids don't care though. High school kids, man, they don't fucking care about any of that. No, they can they can care. In fact, right. Dude, as someone yeah. who worked in high school for almost a decade, I could tell you what the amount of times, almost every kid, the amount of times that I, he- I heard the N word from white kids, black kids, Hispanic kids, they all say it. Why do they say it? Because they all they hear is "don't say it," so they say it constantly. And I'm like, oh, but you know Here's what I mean? Things that the but kids can get away from it, get away with it because <laughs> they're kids, right? Yeah. But when an adult says it, it's different. But it, like you know. Like I, I don't know what Kanye is saying because like Jesus was a Jew, so it's like, dude, you can't fuck Kanye. Speaking yeah. about comments, our boy Flo Dameron comes. Yes, Flo Dameron, back back he to love, love, He loved the Shadow War covers that you did, Jumbo. I actually Thank picked you. up a couple of them myself. Thanks, man. Shadow War stuff was. Great. No, you know what I loved was the uh, I think it was the the Robin DC versus yeah. Vampires one. Is that the one? Oh, the Blade. Robin is. I blade. love that cover, man. I, I designed that armor, and I was like, "Are they going to use it?" And he's like, "No." I was like, "Why did you have me design armor for?" He goes, "Because I thought it would be cool." I was like, "Man, you made me do a bunch of work I didn't have to do." It's like, <laughs> See, okay, so that's something I want to bring up. You know, yeah. I, I'm, and and, and <laughs> I I have such a gripe over a cover that a a a uh, uh, an artist did, and I thought the cover was super dope, but that item that was shown was never uh, in the comic whatsoever it was dope. it's all bladed out it had all kinds of cool <laughs> stuff on it like when he when he moved the arms down like it had all kinds of cool stuff i was like oh, yeah. and they never used it in the comic itself huh? i thought they were going to that's why i designed it for him so we can use on the cover and then they didn't but i mean you know i mean why, okay, why, 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 why do they even allow you to do something like that when they know it's not going to be there well i mean i think that's the I don't know. Like, That's the beauty of it. No, gotcha. it's not the beauty oh. of it. Because like, if I see it on the cover, I want to see it in the book. I'm the same way. I'm the same uh, way as you, man. I'm like, I want to see. Show me the goodies that I got yeah. on the cover. It's false advertising, man. It's yeah. false advertising. Totally. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is a dope cover. I want to pick yeah. it up because I want to see this thing. Where, where is this? Where is that? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, is, it that, is. is that cover still, uh, is the original art still available on that? Yeah, that it's still available. Yeah, I haven't sold any art, man. All, all that, uh, you pulled up my IG page before. I did a lot of, I think I did 20 or 30 cards for Marvel Snap game. And all the, so all the backgrounds are digital. But all the characters that were drawn are actually traditional. So I have all the art for that. So I have all this art that I'm like, I don't want to start selling art until I'm like, I'm not doing any more published work, but work for myself. You know, that's okay. That's I'm, genius. Because then all, that, I, all I hear from guys like Randy Emberlin and all these old school guys was, I sold my first Carnage page for 200 bucks. And now I see some asshole selling it for $3 million. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
Right. Yeah. Sorry for the political talk, too, guys. No, like, no, no man. This is it, it was actually this is what really we love in, to hear. You know, it was informative. Yeah. Is what it was. Was yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, real fast, John Boy. So, yeah. like, look, you're a Bay Area native. I'm, you know, I'm a Bay Area. You know, uh, are you going to be at the San Francisco Fan Expo by I'm, any chance? I'm okay. So this is weird. So I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I talk to him about it because, like, I'm local. I said you just have to pay for a hotel. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm like, all right, cool. But it's been like three months. They haven't announced me. Uh, so I'm like, dude, if they don't announce me, I'm not going to, why even go? Because people are not going to know I'm there. It's like, I can announce it on my social channel, but people want to see who's there. I'm not going to go to a show and people are like, oh, I didn't know you were coming. I would have brought my books. I'm like, yeah, you have to be on that guest list, man. I would think so, right? But, so they haven't paid for your, they haven't contacted you or anything since. Yeah. The initial no i i talked to them i they just haven't announced me on their site which is like dude oh. it's like in two weeks or something yeah. like that, right like so i'm excited for it because this is like the first con in the bay in a very very long right. time and it, there's right. a lot of people there and i was i that's something i wanted to ask you because you know because you refer to the show and i wanted to see if my friends are going to be there and and i didn't see anything just yet so i just wanted to ask you know and see so if you guys on. go just drop me an email if you guys end up going for the day i might just buy a ticket and go as a normal person i'm like hey i'm looking around Let's so uh, so i can guarantee you right now red has his ticket Oh, cool! Right on. Red's okay. got his ticket for sure. I'm actually gonna get my ticket this week. I'm I'm just waiting for uh I'm waiting for some things. How much are one day passes? Are they pretty expensive? Uh, no, no. Friday fifty for Saturday forty for uh Sunday. Oh, well, cool. all right. Like okay. like thirty five. I, I guess like if you get it before this Friday, um, it should be even cheaper. cheaper. Let's take a yeah, look. Three yeah, like, three is a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, so Flo Dameron saying that New York Comic Con announced big people like a week before. Jeez. And that's, that's just dumb, man. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, why would you? Because then, well, they even announced John Jane. So that's you know, look, 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 we're not trying to push other artists on here. We have our friend John Boy here. We no, no, no. Well, what I'm saying is, like, you want to like you kind of want to sell out. Like, yeah, you, you want to tell people there. because so people know what to bring because people do fly out of town for these shows. Or yeah, that's true. They're they're driving in from Sacramento and they're like, well, I'm getting a hotel. I'm not driving back to get like two books. I want John Boy to sign. Sorry, buddy. Oh, you know, right. it's like, you know, it, it you know, like for me, there's do you you want to do a show if you're going to be a guest and then carve out time to be there. It's like you know, at least announce me so people know I'm going so I can. You know, like I want to make money while I'm there. I just don't want to just sit there and be like, oh, okay, well, hey, you know. <laughs> you're not gonna be with a particular store. You're, you're actually gonna be there with your own booth. I was supposed to be, yeah, an artist alley. So you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah, like there you go. People are like, someone give me one. Come on, help me out. You know, so <clears throat> I think we were, it, it's a business, uh, and you want you want that you want that advertising, and if they're yeah. not gonna do it, it's like, well, dude, why even go? Like, yeah, and you would think that like. The soon as you've got someone booked, you're going to announce it because that gets more people to buy tickets to your show. I would think so too, right? It's like, because like you don't want to buy plane tickets last minute, man. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. But you know what? I mean, like for me, I I approach things a lot differently than most people. So my way is probably not everyone's way. And I, I, I get that. I think for me, it's just like, you know, I have to calculate, like, well, if I'm not going to get announced, how much am I actually going to make while I'm there? Right. It's usually a third of what I could have made if they announced. So, because 
you know, I've, I've done these shows before. I know my numbers. So it's like, I know what I'm going to make. So it's yeah, exactly. It, maybe it's just, I just stay at home, but I can always go into town for just the, the week, you know, or that day. If you guys are going to oh, be there, man. we can go walk around. If this were literally and... any other weekend, I would be there, but yeah. I'm having all my family for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so fuck your family, man. Fuck your kids. fucking have lunch with us. We hang out. I told Mimi. I told my I told my girlfriend I was like uh, I don't got the kid that weekend so Friday night Saturday night I'm rubbing elbows with everyone Saturday is oh, gonna be the day Sa- Saturday is gonna be the day I go in and I make make my little vlog video because I like going in and making little videos of, of shows that I visit and then Sunday is gonna be family day so I'm actually gonna well, get my kid. You can do your 20 minute interviews too if you bring a mobile setup with mm-hmm. your mics and a small camera with your iPhone and just do like blurbs and do like hey what's up I'm here talking with. John Jang, what's up, John? What, what are you doing? Yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah, I mean, Funny you bring up John Jang. I have my little, I have my little GoPro right here, yeah, little setup yeah. right here. I have. And look, I, I was just backpack. kidding, man. I was just kidding. But there's stuff. I'm all set up. Dude. I'm you very thin skin, John boy. Send them to Red or or Eman or AJ if they're going. And if I'm there, I can sign a couple things for you if you need it. So. Oh. Uh, so. Those are uh, Shadow War stuff. Hey, Flo, try to try to overnight that stuff over to us. Maybe we yeah. can get get some Shadow War stuff. Yeah. It's not the last, it's not the first time we've heard Luke say "fuck them kids." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was just playing. I was just, I was just playing. May it live in infamy on the internet. <laughs> oh, I forgot. This is going to be on the internet for a long time. <laughs> you know that interview where you said that guy to fuck his family? Like, uh, uh, oh, wait, Michael Jordan said it best. <laughs> But you see, see that you quote people, but it's always out of context. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, well, what was Michael Jordan? His father probably died. He said, "Well, aren't you going to go see the kids?" And I'm like, yeah, it's my dad just died." You know, you don't know the context. Yeah, that's you. Said that. You don't know what happened beforehand. Yeah, man. It's Live like, on yeah. uh, the Seeless Villains podcast, John right. Boy said, "Fuck them kids." We. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's like, look, man. It's like, if you're gonna. What did you mean that, when you said? <laughs> Like, I think we're all joking around, and that was said in, in pure <laughs> jest. And you just Everything you said in jest, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's just like... Uh... Well, I mean, you we know... Got you back, we got you back. I'm it's, sorry, it, We're hitting uh, almost the... Uh, it's 9.30, oh, and we're hitting yeah. an hour and 20. I mean, I don't... How much more time do you got, John Boy? Because I know we didn't uh, get to... I think I have about 10 minutes in me, man. If we have questions that anybody wants to ask, or, or people have comments, or, or whatever, like... Uh, yeah, fire away. Like, and I th- I do think you guys need to monetize in your show. If you guys did a a book for your show, a retailer show, like a retailer book, I think you guys would do that. We'll do that. We'll do, we're going to dive into it one more time. I I don't want to be afraid of that anymore. We we learned from the first time, and and you know I'd like to. I would I would like. I've been thinking about it. I've I've honestly been do- thinking about doing it for my show and trying to partner up with. I was thinking about partnering up with Luke to see if like Luke would be willing to partner up with me. And, and, and then I want to do one for this show also. I'm pretty sure AJ, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I think we should do it one more time and we should try it again. You know, I think pick the right book, pick the right artist, and then you want to preload it as much as you can to, to promote and get the word out. You want to contact guys like, you know, Nelson from big time collectibles. Uh, and, see if well, they and we're, we're tight with Nelson. 
he's told us his story. You know, he's given us all his insight. You know, he yeah. failed big time his first couple, lost his shirt, and just no didn't pun give intended, up. right? Big time. Yeah, you like you never want nah. you, you want to lose, but you don't want to lose. Play big time. Big well, yeah, there you go. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to you want to make those. The thing is yeah. about it is you don't want to make the same mistakes. You want to make new ones because it's yeah. always a process. But oh, I, I, I like that. So you, you know you want to make new ones. I mean, yeah. Nelson's done so many now that he <clears throat> now Pat as far as what what he knows what he's going to get out of an artist. It's getting the name out. It's getting the name out. Recognition, branding. It's branding. It's all branding because like he, he has he has big time collectibles. Right. You know, like the comic shield right. and everything and he's just putting it out there. And that's not taken away from a lot of the other shops. You know, no, everyone, does their, own everyone thing. does their own thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone does yeah. their own thing. But I, I think there's nothing wrong with taking a process and adapting it for what you guys want to do because like, you know, like I, I think it'd be good for you guys to like have some income flow coming in. Cause I think if you did one, it really hit you guys like, man, we all each walked away with an extra two grand in our pockets. That felt yeah. pretty good. Or even a thousand bucks. And your wife's like, yeah. where does money come from? You're like, which can be put oh, towards money. Next you know, yeah. Yeah. But you can, you can <laughs> invest in buying better technologies, better mics, better cameras, better things. You know, it feeds back to what you're doing. So, you know, it, it's something to consider. And like, if, um, if you guys don't want me to do any art, that's fine. But if you guys want to pick my brand, I'm more than happy to share like what I know and, you know, if you're dealing with artists, like what to offer an artist and what's a good amount and, you know, comps and things like that are always important. And um, the, the best thing you can do is be honest and upfront, you know, because yes, I, I've worked with so many retailers yeah. where things just fall apart. And they try like, to be sneaky. Yeah. <clears throat> try to be sneaky, well, sneaky or just. I, I think my thing about it is when you work with retailers and you work with them a while, they kind of feel like they own you and they start telling you what to draw or how to draw it or how they want it to be. And you're just like, look, man. Like, if yeah. you like my work, if everything that you like from me, work-wise, to want to work with me, that was all done because people just let me kind of just run with it. Let's have a conversation and we'll mm -hmm. do these things. But yeah. like, people start clamping down and making a process. I'm like, dude, I can just go out and do my own covers. I don't have to get yeah. art directed. I get art directed a million times already. I, just I mean, you can know. process art, but then it just becomes like an ad for a magazine. You know, it's not a... <clears throat> well, I, I think... You know, it, it, it's a business, but at the same time, it's just like you know. Uh, I, I think it's kind of like buying a buying a Ferrari, you know, um, and then you're just kind of parking it in your garage and showing, look, look at my Ferrari, look at my Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, and the, the car is designed to go fast, so just let that car do what it's meant to do. Go fast, and like speed and show you how fast it can go and all the cool stuff it can do just let it perform for you the way it needs to perform but it doesn't need you to to give a lot of input you can define that sound box and let let that thing perform the way it needs to you don't need to you you know so many guys are so hands-on about everything that they want to see i'm like dude like why don't you draw it like why, why do you need me you, <laughs> you want this guy riding this thing doing that like i dude why don't you do it like I'm not, I have no interest in drawing that. Like, you know, it's like, I've like, been doing this 26 years. I, I kind of have a good idea, professionally 26 years. I kind of have a good idea, like, okay, what's going to sell, what's going to move for the market? Because, you know, when you're doing a cover, you really want to look at what's already been on the market, you know, and you don't want to repeat something somebody's already done. Man. It's right. Like, that, that's such a that. 
That's actually yeah. say that because like in my head already, I'm like, what would I want John Boy to draw? I totally want him to draw a character just jumping out of somewhere and just like what swinging an axe. Is- and I'm like, well, that's already been done. You're right. No, no. <laughs> but you see, you see, that's so that's like, like, so that that's defining a target, but that's okay. So there's defining where to shoot that bullseye, right? Like, yeah. you're not shooting arrows in the dark. <clears throat> it's okay to get that direction. Like, hey, maybe her swinging an axe, doing something dynamic, but something that we haven't seen. Like that's a good flex for an artist to say, this is a challenge to do something that we can do something that's unique. So when, when red Sonia people see it, they're like, I've never seen this or do this before. This is something I have to buy. That's the goal. That's the goal because you want them to add something to the collection that they don't have or haven't seen. And, but if I'm executing on an exact vision that you want, most guys are like, Oh, look, I want a homage cover, man. I want this Spider-Man 300 cover. I want Red Sonya <laughs> doing it. And I'm like, dude, that is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Why would Red Sonya be doing the Spider-Man pose? <laughs> I think it would sell. It's like it would sell to people who collect the Spider-Man 300 pose. But not to the Red so Sonya pose. Ask those 100 guys, like, really, like, you're going to be sitting on a lot of like, Like, dude. Do something more unique, man. Like, yeah, do, the gag, do the next gag. Like, See, if do we're that. doing Red Sonya, I'd want her like on a, on a horse swinging away at something. That, I don't yeah. know. I just I just like that swinging motion. Yeah, I, I agree you with know. you because people don't really do that because horses are hard to draw. Oh, <laughs> but that's a good a good thing to do. You could do something like that that feels more iconic and yeah. it's a little bit more effort. But the thing about it is, as an artist, you want to do you want to you're 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 not an employee or a partner. We're partnering on this so this book is successful because I want to get my comps and I want to get paid. Mm. And I want to be able to do remarks on books and sell. Right. And all this stuff. <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't want you sitting on product. I want you to be able to show that image and people are like, I want to buy that. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, Speaking you of remarks then, when you yeah. do a cover, do you think like I need a spot where I can put no. it? No, no I, okay. I, don't, I don't. I didn't do that. Um, uh, oh, thanks, Flo Dameron. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I was just seeing um, that. That would be that would be. No, I, I I think more about trying to do a composition that you haven't seen because doing an image that you haven't seen is the most important thing that I can do as as, as somebody working on a cover. Is I, I have to give you something people have not seen, right? And all the stuff I think I've done, people really have not seen. Like a lot of the Venom covers, you don't really see people do exactly what I did. You know what I mean? Oh, no. as, as far as that. So, cause I wanted to do those type shot. I didn't construct it where I can do a remark somewhere. Usually when I yeah. end up doing remarks, I'm like, Oh shit, I didn't put a place where I can do a cool remark. on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, AJ just yeah. gave you an idea and I'm pretty sure he wants five cents for every time that happens. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but you don't want to design something with that spec in mind of like just your end because the, you're a partner you, you gotta do a cover and an image that's gonna move for the whole team as a yeah. whole so it moves because you don't you never want someone to be stuck with product like yeah do you want a 75 percent sell through that mm. is a successful sale because you covered your costs and then you covered your costs and you made twice over what you put into it that's mm-hmm. that's a good profit um, and then you have a, a fourth left of it that you can sell in back issues or put in bundles or mystery boxes or whatever, or you can sell it for a premium a couple months later and mark it up. That's what you want. 
-hmm. So you want to be able to do stuff that is that is you know like unique. So when you're thinking about things, like you you always want to think about like well what what people haven't seen. Yeah. Like it, like for me that's the thing that I always think of first before I like you know take on a job. You know yeah. you can throw acetate on it too. I was that's, I didn't want to bring that up. That's what we're going to say. That, that's always very popular. But then you know what happens when you throw the acetate on it. Your significant other ends up with the artist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't want to do that, man. You don't want to do that. Damn, this is your girl. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if that happened. I'm just making a joke. Do you know? Uh, do you know? Um, Clay Crane? No, I, I no, I've never met him, but I think he's an amazing artist. I think he's super talented, and I think whatever issues happened with that, I think. Those go beyond an acetate yeah, cover. Yeah. I think those things were like, you know, so. I mean, it, okay, let's just get it out of the way. Honestly, in my opinion, I, I, th there is a lot more to it than we all know. Uh, of you course. Know? And, yeah. and, and, and that's one thing that we all need to really understand is that it, it happened when it happened and, and there was something before that. And let's 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 leave it at that, you know, yeah. let them deal with yeah. it. It, it's, it sucks it. to see private stuff play out in a public forum. Like yeah. you never, you never yeah. want that. So, <clears> yeah. My hearts go out to everybody involved, like whether you're an asshole or a cool guy, like no one should have to go through that, especially publicly. It's really hard. Yeah, so. it was. And that's what made it worse, right? It was because yeah. it was in the public eye. Yeah, I was just making a joke because we were so serious. Stop apologizing, dude. That was good. Yeah. That was, it was yeah. good timing is what it was. <laughs> and you know what? And, 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 you know, I don't think, again, I do want to say that it is not cool what Kanye said. I, I, I think... I saying negative things about any group and kind of marginalizing them is, is probably not, not a good thing to do. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like, cause we've all been marginalized sometime in our life and it was done to us. We didn't like it. So, yeah, you know, maybe not do that to somebody else. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end the, <laughs> the show. Right. And on a positive note. Right. Yeah. Course, um, yeah. John boy. So, so before we end, um, where can we yeah. see you? Any shows coming up? Uh, well, Any special announcements you guys, Hopefully I can see you guys there. Just keep in touch and let me know if you guys are going to end up at the show. Um, if I'm not <coughs> out, um, I'll probably just buy a ticket and just show up just like everybody else. Maybe we can meet up and do lunch or be nice. Uh, we, we talk. Like, it would be nice to actually shake hands and talk to you guys in yeah. person and connect. You know, it's, it's always good. You guys are a great group of guys. It would be really nice to actually just share a meal with you guys, get to know you guys a little better. Um, um, and then go see comics and, and, and look at cool comics and toys and we're like, oh man, that's too much. And then try to talk people down and get a good deal. Like, look, I got a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did so, You did it. <laughs> you're like, nah, dude, you could have gotten that on eBay for like $20 cheaper. I'm like, yeah, I have to pay shipping though. I save money on shipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, John Boy, I have to tell you, we made a sign um, at my booth where we sold uh, I, I said, I do not look up prices on eBay sold. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you I just... Think, go, oh, sorry, go ahead. John, all right, Luke, do you just like, you look a book, you look at a book and you say, all right, that's about 200 bucks. Is that... You kind of gauge it on what you remember. Yeah, man. I know my industry. I know my. I know my business. Luke knows. Yeah, like. Yeah, you don't want to be the highest, but you don't want to be the cheapest either. You want to yeah, be yeah. right in the middle there, where you're like, I know how much I paid for it. This is what I want for it. Let's see if I can get what I want for it. 
he, but he's like Antiques Roadshow. He just he does the evaluation right in front of you. Just listen to the man talk. Yeah, he does. He does a really good job. Like he knows. Oh, he'll pull it out. Oh yeah, that's like a four dollar book. Oh, I give me two fifty for it. Oh my god, what are you doing? Like he well, knows. I, I like he knows everyone, on the fly. He, he's that's really the thing good. about it. Everyone wants to feel like they got a good deal. Because like with me, yeah. where I'm just saying like I got a good deal. Like I saved on shipping, and you're like, well, yeah. Totally. <laughs> but in your mind, that's how you justify <laughs> your purchase. Yeah. You know, because like if you bought it out of a quarter bin and like ten years ago, and you're like, man. I got to get rid of that Eternals number one. I have a quarter bit of them. I need to spark them up to 10 bucks because the movie's coming out and just get rid of them. Yes. But then people see you see them and they were trying to sell them for like thousands of dollars. And now they're like, yeah, they're sitting on them. They're sitting on them now. You're like, you got too greedy. That's the like, just sell them, sell them, baby. Get move it. I, I agree. But now that stuff I, is kryptonite because everyone hates the Eternals now. You're like, oh man, I can't. I always miss those things too. Like when Venom 3 was at its peak, I was like, I have like four of these. Uh, let me sell two. And I still have one just, you know, just in case, yeah. right? You kind of hold on to one. Just, But I'm not the kind of guy that would buy like 10 and try to flip them, right? Um, but mm. I kind of wish I was sometimes also. You well, know, once in a while. I, I think once in a while, not like all the time, well, right? You, you have know, to understand though too. It's like, there's got to be an income end on what you guys are doing because Luke has a shop. Like, there's a way to monetize where, like, you know, uh, if you guys are trying to do stuff where it's just like, hey, this is uh, Luke's corner and we're here to support Luke to do this. And I, I don't know how Luke feels about this, but, like, whatever proceeds, like, maybe a small percentage goes to the podcast. So you guys could put that into an account, an equipment account, you know? Mm -hmm. Things break down. Mics aren't cheap, man. Like, oh, getting wait. mics aren't cheap, man. You know what I mean? Like Speaking of, yeah. speaking of accounts, Luke, I still owe you money for, like, StreamYard. Hold on, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Hold on. Let me send you somebody for street yard. <laughs> uh, you know, there you go. So, yeah. Um, I'm just saying, I just want to see you guys uh, up that game a little bit and you know, a little more hustle. You know, Thanks, Challenge accepted, John Boys. I love boys. it. Queer John Boys is spitting knowledge, man. Queer over here is just, just no, handing out some. I love it. I love it. You know, it. we're probably older than him. What are you talking about, Queer John Boys? Yeah. I actually, actually, no, don't, okay, yeah, no, yeah, wait, yeah. hold on, uh, yeah. we're all kind of the same age, right? We're all right. about the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're all twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> see, this guy, this guy knows. Sponsored by Doctor Squatch. Thank you very much. Oh, just kidding. Oh, Lord. <laughs> No sponsorship, but I am All looking right. Dr. Squatch. Okay, it's like, uh, <laughs> so I think I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover, yeah, right? I think, I think we just jumped the shark, so we've gone too far. So, we grew All right, the deer, jump the shark. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. What was that? Always, always good to see you guys. Hopefully, I will see you guys in San Fran at uh, Fan Expo San Francisco. It is a great show. Uh, even if I'm not there, you guys definitely have fun. There's lots of talented guys there. You guys should do some spots there at the show, talk to artists live. I think that would be dope and run that. That would be awesome. Um, uh, thanks for having me on when I have uh, Princess Dragon Killer ready to roll. We'll, uh, talk of course, again. Yeah. Talk yeah. you know, if you guys Let are, us know when, when, when that's ready because I'm waiting for it, John Boy. I'm, I'm waiting, really for waiting for your retailer it. exclusive Sea Villains retailer book we'll talk about it we'll talk yeah, about it. Let me know. See, see. i want to see it do I red like sonia it. or vampirella i mean those chick books hey there you go do that 
Okay. Those, All are, right. those are good. Knowledge. I love it. Those those shows. Hey, go out there and vote tomorrow. We're not going to tell you how to vote, but go vote. Go yes, go, go vote. Go, go vote. vote. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good luck. Man, that's crazy. So, yeah. All right. All right. Hey, Jump you Boy, you're not going to be at LA Comic Con, are you? No, no. Okay. No. I, I just, right. I'm not like, I'd love to go, but I just, I always feel weird about like, hey, I'm a comic artist. I'm Jump Boy Wires. I like to come to your show. Uh, can I get a table? Can I do this? Like, yeah. it feels a little weird. Like, usually just, <laughs> they have a place sometimes on their sites where they allow you to sign up for Artist Alley. So I just try to do it that way. Um, but, it gets a little weird. So, like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, with that, being, with that being said, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Peace out. All right. See you guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Seedless Villains Podcast, your cultivators of the comic culture. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and email us at seedlessvillains at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail or text us at 209-975-7597. Be sure to join Luke Week's Facebook group, Rare Keys and First Appearance Comics. And you can follow us on our two Instagram accounts, Seeless Villains and Seeless Villains Podcast. Lastly, follow the villains on their separate IG accounts, at Luke Weeks, at Seelist Villainous Red, at Seelist E-Man, and I am at AJ the Comic Collector. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next episode.